Welcome to Talks News, your only source to that rada 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 with chowder. Uh, it took uh, about a week hiatus. Be back with it. And since I missed last week, that means we're gonna have to go over last week's militia watch today. And it seems like they're coming out with them on Tuesdays these days, so we'll see it again on Hump Day. Uh, today's a Crowder day, if you couldn't tell by the chowder reference, but, um, yeah, that's what I was doing. And I'm not going to tell you the segments just quite yet, because we're going to get into that sweet, sweet, sweet Militia watch. So, oh yeah, keeping up with America's most mobilized. So from Militia.watch, we got this week. More developments covered in the update, including updates on Capitol Police response to J6 regarding both preparation and individual response. Three percenters caught with pipe bombs, texting friends planning to use them against quote-unquote Twitter or the Democrats. Wolverine Watchmen member plans to cooperate with feds. Kansas three percenter members lose appeal in bomb plot. GOP member links to militias continue to be unearthed and i'm just gonna have to guess that's about marjorie green taylor and then we have the dhs bulletin in indicative of new trajectory so the j6 updates and it says okay yes this seems like the story that never ends and they begin by saying we are almost a month out from the storming of the U.S. Capitol building by a cohort of pro-Trump demonstrators and still reading news about it every day. It's been a weekly staple for pretty much all of 2021 and will likely remain in the headlines for weeks to come. U.S. Capitol Police now confirm that they knew Congress would be targeted, as an internal report cited a, quote, strong potential, unquote, for an attack like what we observed during the day. From the new Capitol Police chief, quote, we knew that militia groups and white supremacist organizations would be attending. And this is me speaking. If they did know so, why did the National Guard not show up like they did for the Black Lives Matter protests? Just out of curiosity. Uh, militia Watch continues. At least 12 officers of the U.S. Capitol Police Force are under investigation for their role during the J6 riot, including one filmed taking selfies with demonstrators. Two more Ohio Ohioans? Is that really how we should call our Ohio people? Ohio's. Uh, two more Ohioans uh, were charged for their role in the raid and have been taken into FBI custody. Both men, Robert Lyon and Dustin Thompson, are from the Columbus area of Ohio. The FBI also iterated that Facebook messages were widely used by those involved in the attack, too. More militia-aligned chanties were removed from the Amazon Smile program this week. All five had Oath Keepers or Three Percenters themed names. So, wow, a lot is actually being going on uh, that's really anti-right-wing militia, but let's keep it moving here with how Three Percenters were caught with pipe bombs, texted threats to a friend. And it reads... Another member of the Three Percenters movement was caught with pipe bombs in his home after texting a friend that he was plotting bombings against Twitter or the Democrats, adding that he wanted to, quote, blow up a Democrat building bad, unquote. He was also researching guerrilla warfare for use against 
these targets. 49 guns were seized in a raid, as well as a kit-built MG42 belt-fed machine gun. Holy fuck would that cause damage. Uh, here's what an MG42 looks like. If you're on YouTube, you can see this. Um, it is a massive gun, probably spanning about three feet long, and yeah, it's a chain gun. It uh, rapid-fires hundreds of bullets. So we have legal updates. Michigan Wolverine Watchmen surveilled Whitmer's home plans to fully cooperate with the feds. Uh, snitches get stitches, dude. Stay safe. Uh, one of the men arrested in the alleged plot to kidnap Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer has agreed to cooperate with investigators as part of a plea agreement to stop new charges from being filed against him, saving his own skin. Uh, the Michigan man, Ty Garbin, also admitted that he and his crew had surveilled Whitmer's home as part of their plot. A new bill proposing a full ban on firearms at the state capitol building in Lansing has been submitted to the legislature, following a previous ban on open carry in the building passing earlier. This would add concealed firearms to a list of prohibited items at the site. So, quick update there. Um, to be perfectly honest with you, I don't really feel much sympathy for Ty Garbin, but I am glad that he is uh, saving his own skin because that could further help save more people's lives, uh, knowing that the Wolverine Watchmen are pretty active and scheming. So we have a Kyle Rittenhouse update. After he was photographed with Proud Boys hanging out in a bar last week, Rittenhouse's bond was modified to prohibit him from consuming alcohol and to, quote, not knowingly have contact with any person or group of persons known to harm, threaten, harass, or menace others on the basis of their race, beliefs, on the subject of religion, color, national origin, or gender, unquote. Um, Rittenhouse has become sort of a far-right figure, and the court is basically saying you need to stop doing that if you're going to try to appeal for not guilty. All right, so Kansas Security Force bombers lose appeal. Wow, these uh, right wing has been really viciously active. Uh, the Kansas Security Force militia members accused of plotting to attack Muslim refugees a few years few years back, lost their court appeal this past week. They claimed they were entrapped by the FBI, an undercover informant, through which they were arrested and charged. That's okay. Uh, the Kansas Security Force was a state chapter of the 3%er security force that is run out of Georgia. The specific unit of the KSF that embarked on this terror plot was a group calling themselves the Kansas Crusaders. Drawing directly from the three percenters security force leaders discussion of an quote American crusade unquote the security forces leader Chris Hill currently goes by the gnome de guerre quote general blood agent apparently that's what he prefers to be called and previously called himself quote general holy war uh, unquote so cool we're bringing back the dark ages uh, but this time we're gonna do it with like really nice technology and the internet uh, more GOP connections to militia groups. So apparently we have Josh Hawley, who wrote a column defending militias after the Oklahoma City bombing. Not good. And Lauren Boebert uh, posed for photos with Bikers for Trump and 3%ers members at a December 2019 We Will Not Comply gun rights rally. Uh, oh, yeah. And those two have been kind of like already figures in the right wing as like these hardened patriots that have been fighting against the tidal wave of leftism. Uh, so... A couple of ex uh, possible extremists to keep your eye on. Indications about the future? Question mark. Uh, Militia Watch closes out with, as we attempt to read the writing on the wall before the paint can has yet been picked up, it does appear that the CVE switch from 
jihadis to militias is well underway. Anyway, there was some news this past week of the Biden administration threat assessments for review on domestic extremism, as well as a DHS bulletin pertaining to a period of heightened threat of violence. So uh, I'm sure you can go to militia.watch on this update, click on the DHS issues, a national terrorism advisory system bulletin, and seems that they're really trying to move into the direction of actually holding domestic terrorism to account since you know the fbi and many other intelligence agencies said that they are the biggest threat to domestic peace that we currently have so that was the militia watch update for you um of course go to militia.watch for more updates and more uh you know uh fuller articles more in-depth analyses and now for the piece de la resistance two segments from the chowder show we shall get it, and I shall hate it, because I've said it multiple times, Crowder is literally the worst right-wing show uh, I've ever seen. I never enjoy a single piece of it, but um, he's back, I'm back, I feel like the return uh, is coming full circle, and uh, I've already done Dave Rubin, Ben Shapiro, so another reaction video, let's get it. Okay, one other story I wanted to hit really quickly, unless I think we're done with AOC. Way here. Yeah. Elon Musk. <laughs> This is a real story. Yep. It's my boy. Okay. And I think this is important just to touch on because uh, it, it, it's proof positive to me why nationalism is the most potent form of anti-racism that exists, but exclusively in the United States. So Elon Musk, he's under investigation right now. Do you know why? That makes like absolutely no sense, especially without an explanation of what like nationalism is. And how exactly is America exceptional at its nationalism and in including everybody who lives here? Because like in a deeper sense, most like white nationalists aren't really attaching themselves to the, the, uh, the American idea is that they cut like they're, they're, they're attaching themselves to the, to America. But while at the same time that you have to have that like ethno European ancestry in you as well. So like, um, him not really including a definition of, nationalism isn't that great but most people tend to like attach their ancestry to it and that's when it really becomes extra exclusionary especially if you're going to talk about like the socialist nationalism in germany um because you know most of them were german even the jews uh but they didn't have the right ancestry darn so dictionary definition identification with one's own nation so okay and supports for its interests, especially to the exclusion or detriment of the interests of other nations. Got it. So it can work for, you know, uh, people living in the in, in America. You can have American nationalism and not necessarily exclude black people because you feel that they are American. Ad, uh, second definition, advocacy of or support for the political independence of a particular nation or people, which is basically almost like another way of saying isolationism. Um, so... I just wanted to throw that out there. Um, it's not necessarily specific, the definition either, that it has to be attached to ancestry. But throughout history, most people, especially white nationalists, attached to that uh, European uh, bloodline that makes them more pure than the other Americans that are here. Um, that's not for every nationalist. I think the Proud Boys have tried to show themselves as like this non-bigoted um, nationalist group, even though they're super misogynistic um but you know their leader is cuban i think of cuban ancestry so um it gets a little bit more complicated the fact that 
Crowder is just saying that nationalism is good, and especially in America, um, just really does ignore like the white nationalists who really focus in on their ancestry to prove their superiority over others. I do. Um, being good. Being good at yeah. being the best You know what? I, we were talking about this the other day, how I was wrong about Donald Trump on a lot of fronts. Yes. I was also wrong about Elon Musk. Yeah. On a lot of I like Elon Very Musk. Wrong. He's a billionaire playing with his money. He's a billionaire playing with and his money. doing cool stuff. I, th- I mean, who doesn't love a billionaire that plays with their money? Who doesn't love a Batman or a Tony Stark? But, you know, with great money comes great responsibility. But who cares? You know, he's playing with it. Fuck it. I think he kind of used the system a little bit with the green subsidies, but yeah. then when you look into how the system is rigged for the big three, it's not even close. Yeah. yeah, and that's fascinating to think that like the government offering subsidies for green energy is a way of like the using a rigged system rather than actually just using the incentives that the system gives out. Because I mean, we subsidize oil, so let's let's not play around that we don't subsidize other things to create incentives. Like that's the whole reason why Amazon threw up its headquarters and had states just basically like bid on their opportunity to have Amazon in their cities. So like, whatever. And the fact that Elon Musk, the greenest entrepreneur throughout the history of modern mankind that I can think of anyway. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, he's the one that comes to the forefront just because not a lot of people like keep up with a lot of that stuff, especially since like media outlets focus in on Elon Musk because of his, um, I don't know, eccentric ways um but uh the thing is is that he is so green that he's building rocket ships to leave earth and go to mars like that is just so green the fact that like the only thing that makes you the greenest man on earth by making luxury electric vehicles for rich people no no i'm you know i feel like probably nikola tesla was still probably closer to an actual green energy source than elon musk is yeah. Um, had to leave California, flip them the bird to run his green company from Texas. It's just a feel-good story it's of the just, year. It is. Oh, beautiful. It. But he's actually under investigation. This is uh, according to the DOJ in March 2020, a non-U.S. citizen inquiring about a position of technology strategy associate. That's a mouthful. A job at SpaceX. He was asked about his citizenship status. DOJ attorney Lisa Sandoval stated that SpaceX ultimately failed to hire him for the position because he is not a U.S. citizen or lawful permanent resident. Hold on a second. Hmm. Elon Musk is under investigation (laughs) for asking for papers so that he would not be breaking the law? I'm pretty Mm. sure that's... And this is... It's not for asking for papers. It's specifically after receiving the uh, potential employees or I guess the candidate's uh, information. He decided not to hire him because of what his paper said. I actually looked up the story to find out what it did. Business Insider has the best one, but um, CNBC here has a much quicker overview. And it says that the charge alleges that on or about March 10th, 2020, during the charging party's interview for the position of technology strategy associate, SpaceX made inquiries about a citizenship status and ultimately failed to hire him for the position because he is not a U.S. citizen or lawful permanent resident. So uh, Chowder got that part right. The thing is, though, is that lawful permanent resident doesn't necessarily mean that he's here illegally. It could be a work visa. So... The unfortunate thing here is the wording of it, because when you go to the actual regulation that's going on here, um, it's uh, 8 U.S.C. 1324B, Unfair Immigration Related Employment Practices. And it says 
pro, uh, section A, prohibition of discrimination based on national origin or citizenship status. Uh, so one general rule, it is unfair. It is an unfair immigration related employment practice for a person or other entity to discriminate against any individual other now here it is other than an unauthorized alien as defined in section 1324 a h3 of this title so if they are an undocumented immigrant if they are not legally here through either a work visa or what are the various other ways that you can get temporary status in the united states this rule does not apply for you so if it is true that he is so-called illegal then he was rightfully not given the job but if he has some other temporary status then guess what that's breaking this rule here otherwise if it is an immigrant who is here unlawfully elon musk is totally in his bounds not to hire him but if he did not hire him just because he does not reside permanently within the united states or have citizenship then that is discrimination unfortunately uh, the the unauthorized alien not digging that language either but um, the the amount of focus that isn't brought into the exact rule and regulation of this situation is what kind of brings the ignorance into the whole situation this is why this is why nationalism be, because that that little south that that little african-american more african-american than you ironically probably, yeah. and more american-american american than that commie broad aoc because he understands what the united states of america is national holy crap commie broad oh my god like how how much more bad faith ad hominem can you get on somebody by calling them a commie broad like misogyny just never occurs in the mind of Steven Crowder is something maybe you shouldn't do that often, especially, and we'll get into it later, if you want to run for office. Nationalism is not a racial identity here in the United States. It's about It's about our ideal. And let's also remember that Elon Musk grew up incredibly rich in apartheid South Africa. Um, calling him an African-American is really stretching it um, just because South Amer Africa is this like super colonized area that was bread for white people so um yeah it's 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 an interesting world that we live in um but uh yeah this is this is going in horrible directions here and that's why someone like an african-american elon musk i want him on our america team more than i want white privileged professor commies okay the only way yes to successfully vaccinate people against racism is nationalism with an identity centered on wills and principles and a shared identity coalescing under freedom elon musk your first you see how like all of that is like really just vague enough to not like get down to the lines of like where white nationalism can insert itself in there that we should all associate to our common identity of like Europeanism, you know? So like Crowder is basically doing the, the entry level into nationalism, which can take some people into a white nationalism because it's a much more exclusive and bougie bar to be inside than just regular nationalism. But um, working with populist beliefs, you know, you got to be extremely vague and make sure you try to include as many people as you possibly can to, you know, you know, to empower your movement. Draft for us. Absolutely. I, I can't believe they're investigating him for upholding the law. And by the way, he, he was he's being investigated because he asked the question. You can't. Uh, if you read further into this, like it started with the uh, the first charge, but it's gone this far just because 
the DOJ subpoenaed them uh, last year, and they've been stretching out that subpoena for a while. And I think still to this day, um, SpaceX hasn't provided its I-9 forms to support whether or not they discriminate against uh, citizenship status. So, like, the thing is, is, like, everybody fills out their employment stuff, and it'll ask you if you're a U.S. citizen or not. But there's also those other sections about whether or not you're here on a temporary work visa. The law specifically is for those people, is for the people who are here part of a temporary work visa or something of, of that sort. I'm not a familiar with every kind of temporary stay status but one of them that i am familiar with is green cards and work visas and that's what this protection is for if elon musk's company discriminated against somebody for having that it is a breaking of the rule but as we see here in this highlighted section other than unauthorized alien xenophobic language but putting that aside that means no illegal immigrants will be protected by this rule done not a end of, end of it that's it and yet they're just really filling it up as if the DOJ is really trying to protect illegal immigrants to steal everybody's job. And that's why Elon Musk is this nationalist hero. Ask that question. I don't understand. I don't People understand. always say they go, do you... why do you want to punish illegal immigrants? How about the business owners who hire them? They're right, the ones... yeah. And Elon Musk is like, show me your papers there. And they're like, okay. And they're like, this is illegal. <laughs> How is that not a good thing? They're like, it's a great thing. Because it's not what we're talking about. It's just not what we're talking about in general. But they're they're spinning the narrative at this point, and it's gone completely awry. Let's not forget too that after Trump became president, he had to ho like fire several of his employees because they were undocumented, unauthorized immigrants. So, what? All right. Thing. Are you sure your You're social security numbers one, two, three, four, five, yeah. six, I'm going to double seven, check. Eight, Are you sure? It's a great thing for American <laughs> workers. And by the way, even if you want to grant citizenship to every single caravan that can get into a 98 yeah. Dodge sauntering on up to the border, it's a good thing for working conditions for migrants because they're on the books. That's what you guys told me about sanctuary cities, that they'd be afraid to go to the cops if they're here illegally. Don't we want people? Yes, and that's what the rule protects against. Yeah, that's exactly what this rule is protecting against, but he's conflating it in the idea that it only protects illegal immigrants, which somehow finds a way to attack every single one person in this group as, like, as if they're just immigrant. So it's very fascinating because nationalism takes precedent over immigrants in general. Until you're a U.S. citizen, I don't even know if you'll actually fit under that, like, under that nationalist... Uh, nomenclature unless for some reason you're just constantly draping yourself in like red white and blue american flag clothing all the time talking about how patriotic you are tricking trying to get at least as many white people to believe you as you possibly can because that's the only way to get accepted all right just jesus christ i just i can't believe like how much xenophobia was fit into this one little little segment it's it's insane on the books you don't give a rat's ass about union jobs you don't even want americans to have jobs the game is rigged yeah and if you look deeper into that story that they actually requested a lot of files from him and they the, the, the company gave the files that they requested that pertain to this specific incident but then they're like no 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 no, we want everything probably want because they probably stuff. gave the no no and the business insider one goes into it more specifically about how spacex failed to give a lot of their information uh per the subpoena so far, this story is as old as January 29th, 2021. Um, let's see. So, uh, interviewed for the position in March. Uh, do, 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 made inquiries. Yep. Uh, 
the IER notified SpaceX on June 8th that it had opened an investigation, noting the scope of it wasn't limited to the specific complaint filed by the job candidate. It also said it would explore whether SpaceX engages in any broader pattern or practice of discrimination. As part of its investigation, IER, which is the... Um, immigration employment rights section requested documentation from spacex related to its hiring process this included an excel spreadsheet with an available with all available form i9 data collected by the company since june 1st 2019 and quote copies of any supporting documentation and all attachments so that's when they asked for everything right as part of a form I-9, which is filled in when a new hire starts, the employee has identified their citizenship status. The employer must certify that they viewed original documentation proving this. Uh, it's highly relevant, but here we go. After IER gave it multiple extensions beyond its initial deadline of June 22nd, SpaceX finally shared the information provided on the form I-9 documents on August 28th but refused to produce any supporting documentation, such as copies of employees' passports, driver's license, or social security cards, which IER had requested, uh, Sandoval's filing says. So, let's see here. Uh, from when specs SpaceX provided the Form I-9 spreadsheet until early October, IER repeatedly contacted SpaceX asking for the supporting evidence, but the company refused to provide it, the filing says. And so not providing this says that there's might be a little bit more shadiness going on. IER then obtained a subpoena from the Office of the Chief Administration Hearing Office, which SpaceX received on October 12th, asking it to send IER the relevant documents by October 22nd. In a meeting with the IER on October 20th, SpaceX refused to send the documents even after IER offered further deadline extension per the filing. So, fascinating thing here is that they are lying. They did not give them everything that they requested, and they're not wanting more. They're wanting what they requested. So SpaceX then filed a petition on October 26th, which is fair to bring up, asking OCAHO to modify to revoke the subpoena, arguing that it exceeds the scope of IER's authority, is, is insufficiently definite, and is not relevant to IER's investigation according to Sandoval's filing. The SpaceX also said that collecting the information would be unduly burdensome because the way it stores these documents means it would have to manually retrieve each one. So, the uh, OCAHO denied the request on December 1st. Yep. And they also rejected SpaceX's claim that the subpoena was too burdensome because the company failed to prove that complying with the subpoena would disrupt its normal business operations. Sandoval added that, quote, any burden imposed by a subpoena on an employer due to its poor record keeping is of its own making, unquote. That's funny. Um, yeah, almost per almost purposely inept is a way that you could phrase that. But um, yeah, I just find it very fascinating that like these guys don't pr they don't present the whole story and that's just like it, it enables them to have so much free will in the segment because they're not really bound to like reality so it's great that he said they already gave him everything and then they want more and it's like no they asked for a lot and spacex has been withholding and they had to bring in another body entity from the government to say hey you should respect these rules going on here um uh do, 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 do. um so 
O-C-H-O, saying the investigation is within IER's statutory authority, and the subpoena is not too indefinite as well as reasonably and directly relevant to IER's investigation. All right. So, let's get back to lying. The files and complied because they didn't think there could possibly be anything controversial. No, they had to. It was, it was a court order. Fine, you have to in their discovery process. But they were like, no, no, no. We want all of the information. No, but what I'm saying is if I'm Elon... See, and they can't even specify what the information is. Like, this vagueness is what allows, like, most right-wingers to play with the malleable beliefs of their followers and, and, and viewers. And it's it sucks because that's not the way it's supposed to go. Like, honestly, honest reporting is giving you the story and then shutting the fuck up. That's it. That's That's journalism story shutting the fuck up allowing the viewer reader consumer to absorb and think for themselves but unfortunately we've reached the part where commentation and thought leading is much more prevalent and everybody is part of it and um yeah that's 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 why we're here to detox the talks on musk and they of go course. hey we want to make sure that you are not employing illegal right. immigrants yeah. and by <laughs> yeah. that we want to make sure you're employing illegal immigrants yes <laughs> like you can't ask that okay See? and they're laughing at this disinformation even though that's specifically not what they're investigating like it's not part of this this protection right here that i've already gone over three or four times so come on guys like this is just bad faith reporting all of it all of it's bad faith Okay, so hold on, hold on, time out. So no, no illegal immigrants get hired. Fine, got you. And and I'm supposed to determine that how? <laughs> Do you know what? This is why nationalism is an antidote to racism. It's an antidote to ethnocentrism. I don't. That makes no sense because you guys just bashed illegal immigrants for like that this many this much time. And the thing is, is that most people can't even distinguish between asylum seekers and illegal immigrants. That whole time with the caravan, they were calling them all illegal aliens and equating them with rapists and criminals. And there's child trafficking going on. And like you end up lump summing them with people, even though they are going through the legal channels. So all of this is hot hogwash and is xenophobic down to what it eventually leads to care what elon musk looks like it's kind of weird it is he's, he's doing good bit, work yeah. it's kind of weird kind of weird looking dude but he's american in he, my book he's making it work that's what i wanted to say that african-american see and that's what being more nationalist actually means is that everybody else accepts that you're american not so much that you think you're american but if everybody else thinks you're american then you fit inside that nationalism box and you could you'll be okay who, by the way, I hope he got some of that African-American grant money. Yeah, truly, yeah. Uh, we haven't even looked at Are you kidding me? His dad owned an emerald mine that he got for, like, pennies on the dollar. Like, the dude did not need a grant. He never needed a grant. He's been rich as fuck since he was born. Into that. Does he so, get him and Charlize Theron. Um, <laughs> she got some. She did. She got some. Yeah. Probably. And everyone at TLC got those midget money grants. Yeah, you know that if you're below five foot? Everybody, she's African-American, and it's like, that's cute. You're not. <laughs> <laughs> Except she is. She I, really well, is. Sort of. But she that's born in Africa. She's yeah, not by I mean, her she standards. She's not by her right, lang yeah. linguistic standards. Right. Or people want to say it's not black. It's African American. Charlize Theron and uh, and uh, and uh, Elon Musk. Wasn't well, no, not that African American. Wasn't she kind of on the wrong side over there? So, True. so if you count the killings. <laughs> I'm not saying I think everyone's on the wrong side over there. They haven't gotten it right ever. That's true. It's a dark it's just continent. Like, it's just a pendulum swinging of genocide. Yeah. They just brought back farmers because they're like, sorry, we killed you, but how do you grow stuff? <laughs> <laughs> 
we really need to know. Well, we hungry. start by not primarily planting in sand. Yes. Uh, tell us more. Yes, yes. Let me write this down. This baby cure AIDS. All right. I feel like we already got like all we're gonna get out of this. This is this is bad. I'd never find this show very funny. So we're gonna move on. Um. So after Crowder misunderstands immigrant regulations, uh. Actually, that video came out before, but one of his first videos back while wearing a bulletproof vest in his own studio, um, we have why Crowder is considering running for office. Yay. Oh, I was going to say, do you think, you have to actually guess, do you think that in like 20, 30 years from now, we'll be looking back at this time where, do you think we'll be saying, remember when we let... Uh, Boys beat up girls in sports, and uh, we let people. We said there were fifty-two genders. Boy, that was a weird phase. Or do you think we'll just actually? I hope. I hope actually, when we look into the future, we go. We go like, oh man, can you believe how transphobic people were at the time? Just like homophobia, just like racism, just like all of that. Just like, oh man, I can't believe how many people like disliked other people. Continue on down that trail, and the what Crowder's like arguing here is like, oh man, I hope in like fifty years we're thinking about, thank God, all those trans people are finally gone. That was a close one. Idea, because it's because it is, it flies in the face of biology and science. Yeah. Do you think there will be a correction on that? I think in twenty years I'll be like, oh, it's so crazy how that world ended eight years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Can't believe we're all still oh, look, here. A roach. <laughs> They're still around. I'm eating Twinkies. I I am hopeful, but I think we're at kind of a tipping point with that. It's going to go one way or the other, where it will either correct back or we're just going to continue on. And I think we're kind of at that point where if people can tie that kind of a social kind of cultural fabric to Donald Trump and an outmoded conservatism, if they can do that effectively hating against those then yes they can keep that and the trajectory will continue but if we can have some people come in and espouse conservative values and not get tarred and feathered by they being will be tarred and a bigot well for being a bigot right yeah uh, but i don't think donald a trump was bit, a bigot i don't think so either but he gave, he he made it easy for them like i don't think he's said, a bigot i think he needs to be someone who can explain his position yes in other words also, i think that almost all yeah he really need to like he needed to expand what he meant by like mexicans coming and bringing all of their rapists and murderers like if he really expanded on that thought then maybe the first day that he announced his campaign for 2016 we wouldn't have thought he was that racist also the build the wall thing if he really expanded on that idea on why it's not a gigantic symbol of exclusionary racism then maybe we wouldn't have labeled him a bigot maybe also if he didn't start banning lgbtq people from the military service mainly trans people i think it was mostly if not only exclusively trans people um maybe we wouldn't have felt that he was a bigot but you know unfortunately we live in the timeline that we do and he was and here we are all of donald trump's positions were reasonable he just didn't explain them in a reasonable way. right exactly so he made it easy for them by not being clear yeah. and sometimes going on a twitter tirade right so if some yeah, and it's always been this thing is that he's not a bigot, he's not a racist, he's not a misogynist, he's just dumb. Like, he just doesn't know how to explain himself. And which is like an amazing, even better reason to vote for a guy, is that he's too dumb to actually speak out his reasonable point of views. Somebody can come in and not do that. I I'm think thinking of running for office. I never thought about running for office. I have thought about it, honestly. What would you run for? Uh, is that maybe governor of Michigan. Ooh. Oh, I'm down. You should. Or, yeah, I don't think Crowder can be... A president. I think he was born in Canada, so I think that actually bans him from holding presidential office. Him and Tom McDonald.
Uh, no, it says American. Was he born here? Huh. No, American Canadian. He has dual citizenship. That's really cool. A guy who's like super nationalist and super like uh, patriotic has dual citizenship. That's that's amazing. You gotta love that. Uh, where was he born? Can I just get that real quick? No, he was born in Detroit, Michigan. So I guess uh, no, I guess he could be president. Fuck. All right. Or, you know, or maybe mayor politically or maybe mayor of some town in michigan okay. someplace i could actually make a difference and here's yeah. what I, I would just and he's being a little bit more sensible than say candace owens candace owens like came out on twitter and says i think i'm gonna run for president and it's like man like you think you got as much power as trump does like the boomers don't know who you are and most millennials ain't feeling you so i mean try try a local office before you hop into the big ring because otherwise you're just gonna get up there and be like another sarah palin and this ain't gonna be fun like maybe it'll be fun for talks news but it's not gonna be fun for the republican party Listen, release the Vox attack video. Be like, you know, be like the be like, uh, eight yep, mile rabbit. Yeah. You know, <laughs> tell them something they don't know about me. But yeah. the only reason I would do it is because what I am most afraid of, you know, what we can we can leave on this unless you have a chat. I mean, like the thing is, too, is like Crowder has like a treasure trove of just like horrible takes online. Like his his whole existence is already uploaded to the Internet and anything that would be used against him in like attack ads or even smear campaigns by liberal news media. Like it's all the ammo's out there, bro. Like he's going to have to be like super conservative, which means that he's not really going to represent everybody within a certain uh, state or city and everything like that. So like if he does do a city, I think he could probably get away with it a lot quicker and easier just because he can be more focused. Um, cities tend to like vote much more uh, in a certain way than like entire states do because the state really does depend on who's already in the Senate, who's already in the House and who's already president um, for a lot of states, not all of them. But Michigan did swing blue this year. So, um, yeah, so that, that that's that's interesting, Crowder. It's very interesting that you think we need to hit what I'm most afraid of going forward with someone like Donald Trump. And I know Donald Trump is, a, is, is an egotist. And I know that Donald Trump was in it for his own self-interest to some capacity, but he also stood a lot to lose. Right. Yeah. He came from the private sector. He was an outsider. And that was a huge component. But apparently, like he was already a billion dollars in debt. So really, he didn't have anything to lose, like him running for president and then getting in contact with like Russian uh, contacts through Paul Manafort. Like it seemed like he didn't really have anything to lose. And the thing I'm surprised about is like how hard how much harder he didn't go on his coup attempt. Like it seemed like a very soft coup attempt by Trump. And I think it's because he wanted plausible deniability in case it failed. And kind of close to the same way that like Juan Guaido's gotten pretty lucky with not being arrested in Venezuela. But Juan Guaido did do a little bit more than Trump did. Um, but I think Trump wasn't really willing to take it as far as it was uh, needed for him to go just because I think if it actually had failed, he would be afraid of real consequences. And like, let's really face it, him getting charged for amendment, uh, amendment 14, section three for aiding comfort to insurrectionists and him getting impeached, basically uh, banning him from holding public office again. That's like a really weak penalty for a crime. That's kind of serious. So like for him to just not hold office again, that's not a real consequence in, 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 in like the real world.
to the vitriolic hatred that he experienced. Yeah. And I am afraid that because of Donald Trump being held, his scalp being you know, hung up there, basically, not only Donald Trump, but they want to crucify anyone who supported yeah. Donald Trump, like, like, the, folk, like the, uh, the slave revolt in Spartacus along the road, just to let you know what happens if you yeah. support an outsider. I am so concerned now, especially in the era of social media, where everyone has stuff out there that can be used against them, that people, good people, who actually want to change the country for good will be afraid to run because they know their lives will be destroyed, their reputation will be destroyed, their families will be dragged through the... I mean, that's honestly true on no matter where you sit on the political spectrum. Like, Joe Biden was a Democrat and his son got drugged through the mud just because he has a... He wasn't even a very public individual. Like, his... He, they just saw, like, business connections and unfortunately he got dragged the worst kind of way. More than Joe Biden's career actually did the mud because of the elite political system the ruling class in washington dc and so the only people nice crowder going with some populism there he's here for the working guy he don't got that glenn beck money nah nah he, he's he's from the ground up dude he drake started from the bottom nah glenn beck didn't give him no money this ain't blaze tv i'm just kidding it is he he got a lot of startup he used to work for fox news who will continue to live in that swamp are the direct beneficiaries of nepotism or being given a free path so long as they play along to get along. And so the only reason I would ever consider, and this is why I'm actually considering running, is because I have nothing to lose. I've made a lot of mistakes. My flaws are open on, uh, for, for everyone to see on full display. And you know what? Yeah, and I, I mean, that's part of the thing is no matter what criticism I have or anybody who's more prominent on the left has of Steven Crowder, most of his people that are already following him aren't going to think any less of, her, less of him as like more information comes out during his campaign. And the thing is, is like they're probably already going to be well aware of it because they've been watching his show for years. So like Crowder has a pretty firm base that he possibly could do really well in, in an election process. But is he able enough to consider like to um, convince the people who have never seen his show before, which is mostly like above the age of probably 40? I don't want people to feel like there is the government who rules over them. The government is meant to be ruled by people who represent you. It's meant to be ruled by people like you. And I don't just mean... <laughs> It's not supposed to rule over you, but it's supposed to be ruled over you by people who represent you. <laughs> like, I, I, I had a pretty hard tweet storm the other day about how dumb uh, representative republics are because direct democracy would actually support directly to the people rather than having some guy that is actually funded by corporations who pretends to represent you. Um, yeah, that's that's hilarious. Ivy League educated Harvard grads and lawyers and think tank, uh, think tank elites. I mean, small business owners. I mean, people out there who maybe, maybe you run a construction company. I want Populism. all of those folks out there to feel as though they can represent their constituents without fear of having their life being destroyed. And that is what I am most worried about. Wait, wait, wait. He wants small business owners and workers to represent their constituents without feeling like they'll be attacked like like it's just like it's hard for me because like people in georgia really aren't 
not Georgia. Is it Georgia? I don't remember where Marjorie Green Taylor is, but a lot of people who aren't like supporters of Marjorie Green Taylor are having a really hard time believing that she's in office just because of the wild accusations and conspiratorial things that she said. And so she's had to go like on this like apology tour to to basically redact. And she, there was a news story that said Marjorie Green Taylor says 9/11 happened. And it's like, what the fuck, man? Why is this even news? Like, why are we why are we getting uh, pulled into this story of this lady? who's finally coming to terms with reality because her conspiratorial thought is more likely to get her in trouble than actual success in politics. So when you have a candidate like that, especially with Trump, who was like the leading, he was a third of COVID disinformation came from the president of the United States at that time. So him receiving all of that flack for representing disinformation, justified, seems justified with the fallout and the public crucifixion of anyone, including a lot of good Americans who love their country and supporting Donald Trump. And that's the only reason I have ever or would ever consider running for an office where I felt I could make a quantifiable difference. And I'd have to give all of this up. But you guys let me know what you think. It's not something that's on the near horizon. I mean, he would only have to give it up for a little bit, but at least he's letting the Republican Party know, like, hey, guys, I will totally shill for you. I am here for that. Like, look what I've been doing for my show for so many years. I will shill the fuck out of my office for you. And the thing is, though, is that if he loses or if his term is up and he decides not to run again, he can just go back and start his show again. And that's the thing that Mike Pence is doing right now. Mike Pence is starting a podcast. So all of them are acting like they have nothing to lose. But the thing is, is that when they go into politics, they actually do gain a bit of clout, especially with a right wing media that tends to paint them in a brighter light than they actually live in. But it's something that's been percolating. All right. Thanks, Crowder. Uh, don't run. Don't. Um, I don't want you to make videos either, but I can't control everything. And, um, a serenity prayer once said that I have to have the strength to accept the things that I cannot change. So we are going to get into this PragerU video for a wrap up. It does not have Crowder in it. So if you were here purely for the Crowder reaction, fuck off. Cause now we're going to get into why capitalism always wins. There are many in the West, including oh, many. Oh, Nikki Haley again. Oh, she's she's becoming like one of the more prevalent ones to like pop up in these videos. Who should know better? Who find it difficult, unpopular, or just plain embarrassing to defend capitalism? I take the opposite view. We should double down on it for a very simple reason: it remains not just the best, but the only chance for the least fortunate in the world to make life better for themselves and their children. That's a wild kind of belief to have when like growing income inequality is just like becoming wider and wider in the gaps. So that's weird that you would double down on that and thinking that like at some point when they reach the top of wealth inequality, that somehow the bottom's just going to start rising after they've hoarded all the money. Um, and this is again, like some capitalist realism where you can't think of outside of the system that you live in because it's just so prevalent in everything that like any other kind of system would actually just ruin society rather than, you know, maybe making it better. Children. And the more we see of capitalism's rival socialism, the more proof we have that capitalism is the way we want to go. 
And it's really hard just because like socialism hasn't been fully implemented. And again, like whenever they're going to use socialism, I'm going to say that that is a socialist state, even though the means of production are not in the workers hands. They're not working um, in a classless society or that the that the there's direct democracy going on here or workers co-ops. Um, so, you know, we're, we're going to be looking at dictatorships in this comparison. So it's not necessarily socialism. Um yeah. Yeah, here we go. Bad faith. I've seen this over and over again from my own childhood to my time as governor of South. And the thing is, too, is that actually, if you look at these so-called socialist states like, I don't know, Vietnam, they did much better with the uh, coronavirus response than the United States did. And all of the democratic socialist states that are out in Europe all did better than we did as well. So if we're going to compare capitalism to socialism when it comes to healthcare. We know America's failing. We know that. It's in the statistics. America has some of the worst health care. Um, but once you get to the, the, the higher pay rise, then it's some of the best that you could ever get, as long as you know you can, you can afford it. South Carolina to most recently and most dramatically during my tenure as U.S. Ambassador to the United Nations. I grew up in South Carolina as the daughter of Indian immigrants. My mom started a small shop selling clothes and gifts that grew into a successful business. She showed my brothers, my sister, and me what it meant to live the American dream. As my mother's story so vividly illustrates, America is a country where people can find jobs that match. I don't know how the story really vividly demonstrates when it's like one anecdotal vague story. Like my mom started a business, the business was a success, and we lived the American dream. That's not vivid. That's barely even a description. Their talents and passions. Some Americans take this for granted. The Which is funny because they say that liberal arts degrees are a bunch of waste of time when it's actually Americans chasing their dreams. So, hmm. Rest of the world envies it. As governor of South Carolina, I marveled at capitalism's power to improve lives. Our pro-free market policies helped bring in more than $20 billion in investment and created jobs in every county of the state. Those jobs... I mean, yeah, the capitalism is pretty effective at doing that. When you start small businesses, it does create jobs. It does create, uh, you know, production and generates money. Like, yeah, that's what capitalism does, especially when you live inside an entire nation built around the whole fucking idea. Jobs provide dignity and purpose. And as I often say, when you give a person a job, you take care of a family. During my time as the U.S. Ambassador to the U.N., I was reminded that not every country enjoys the same freedom and prosperity as America. More than one and a half billion people still suffer under socialist regimes. In 2018, I stood on the Simon Bolivar Bridge at the border of Venezuela and Colombia. I watched thousands of Venezuelans cross into Colombia for the only meal they might have that day. Yeah, and the the Nicolas Maduro is a very terrible leader, and his hyperinflation of their uh, currency had led to like mass like uh, st starvation. So like, yeah, Nicolas Maduro is a very bad dictator, but he's not really that socialist, especially since he has so many people suffering, uh, not having food because they don't have enough money. Um, socialism doesn't necessarily require people to have money in order to have food. It usually stems from mutual aid, freedom of association type shit. Um, 
And Nicolas Maduro being the top of the hierarchical pyramid, again, not socialism. But we have to roll with it because they claim, Nicolas Maduro claims to be a socialist, and so we, we have to do this. We have to. I held a beautiful baby girl. Her mother told me all she wanted for her daughter was a future of freedom. They were one of millions of Venezuelan families whose lives have been destroyed by the country's socialist policies. So, so if she could name a socialist policy, I might be able to tell you why it's not a socialist policy, but she's not going to. She's just going to say it's socialism, people are suffering, and it's socialism's fault. Even though it's everybody just using it as a sticker to put on themselves and say, I represent the people. Imagine my dismay to find that socialism has become trendy here in America. American socialists claim they seek a more enlightened socialism, like those found in Scandinavian countries. But those countries are not... And yet, like, for a lot of socialists, not really. That, that again, is for democratic socialists or, or social democrats. Um, because, again, like, the, 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 the whole structure of the economy would have to change with uh, socialism, not by just paying people more or having more union jobs. It's actual shift in how the, the, the distribution of wealth takes place in a country. So, again, we're really going in with bad faith arguments by misrepresenting actual like real ideologies and ideas by just misrepresenting them where this is creating bad faith argument socialist they're capitalist and offer large welfare benefits exactly exactly they're the the people in government are social democrats so it's not socialism exactly this is this is actually on point benefits but ironically to make their system work they've had to repeatedly slash their corporate tax rates this has actually been a trend that they've been taking for a while now, and eventually I don't see it going very well because we've been going through that same process, and as corporate tax rates drop, the burden is then put on middle class and working class individuals, and then we, the governments are less funded and welfare programs become much weaker. Denmark has cut its corporate rate by more than half since the 1990s. Other democracies, including Israel, India, and the UK, experimented with socialism only to abandon it, and only then did they thrive. And again, what is she talking about? Because uh, I'm pretty sure all three of them still have, uh, like, uh, universal health care. So, like, what is the socialism that they abandoned? Did they have a bunch of workers' co-ops that they dissolved and turned into regular corporate conglomerates? What? Again, like this vagueness, it just it doesn't really offer the viewer much enlightenment or knowledge. It just kind of gives them rhetoric talking points to fight off anybody who disagrees with them without actually giving full reflection or thought. And it's I don't know. It, to me, it's just really weak bitch shit. Like you could honestly be giving much more power to individuals by giving them more information about exactly how the word, world works. But the thing is, though, is that the right wing doesn't thrive off of informed individuals. They thrive of disinformed and misinformed and misguided. So the results are in socialism, however you want to define it, has failed everywhere it's been tried. A handful of elites sitting in a government office can never outthink millions. Of and that's not what socialism is. That's not that's an oligarchy. Like, again, she doesn't even know ideologies or like how systems of government, what they are like. This is this is bad. This is bad information because she doesn't even know what she's actually talking about. A room full of elites making decisions on everybody. That's an oligarchy or an aristocracy. That is not socialism. And you can do that. You can find that out by going to a poli sci class to get a full understanding or you can just read the fucking dictionary.
of business owners and consumers making millions of individual choices every moment of every day, you'd think we'd have gotten the message by now. An entire generation of American adults are too young to remember the suffering socialism caused during the last century. Instead of teaching students to reject our country's history and founding ideals, uh, and again, that's not where the left is coming from. It's not about the rejection of American history, but actually acknowledging what it was founded upon, white supremacy. And that's not a rejection of it. That's just not being proud of it. School should have a... And that's kind of how you, you know, steer the trajectory of the future away from that, is by acknowledging this is where we came from. We don't like it. We should do something better. Required class on the history and collapse of the Soviet Union. And again, Soviet Union is always brought in as a bad faith argument against socialism and communism. And even though the Bolshevik Revolution really claimed that they wanted communism really hard and Stalin used the nomenclature the same way that Hitler used socialism, like the, the, the unfortunate thing is, is that it was an authoritarian regime. And it was an oligarchy in a lot of ways because Stalin surrounded himself with wealthy people. Um, and the Soviet Union was terribly run. If you go to Behind the Bastards, he has like great podcasts of when like Stalin would stay up really night getting drunk with his like uh, his leadership, like his whole cabinet just getting smashed, just totally shit faced and pranking each other. And it's just like an amazing wonder that we didn't nuke ourselves during the Cold War just based off of how smashed Stalin was by like 1 a.m. Young people at least have the excuse of being miseducated. But what does one say about corporate CEOs who give in to social trends rather than standing up for- A corporate CEO is never gonna give in to socialism because that, that would actually have to mean that they would have to dissolve their power and give it to everybody that works in their company. So that's never gonna happen. No, that's, that, that very rarely ever happens, if it does at all. The only one that like, the only big workers co-op that I can think of right now is, um, ocean spray and that's located out in spain um other workers co-ops are like here and there um and it's never because like one guy started it all and then was like okay i've built it up big enough and now i can dissolve my assets and give it to everybody who works here um so corporate ceos going with the trend of socialism yeah no that again that's not happening and i wish she would provide some evidence or backup to her statement but again we're working with a bad faith argument so here we go for a system that their own businesses and workers depend on. I'm talking about advocates of so-called stakeholder capitalism, a philosophy that retains the word capitalism, but abandons its meaning. And this was brought up by, um, I think the the World Economic Forum in Davos. And so like they've been working pretty hard to really break down this idea um i'm not sure if it's really going to empower that many people but it could be a decent step towards socialism if more people had stake in the companies that they actually worked for the only thing is is that as long as you have the hierarchical system and the most shares focused onto the top the people at the bottom still aren't going to have very much decision making to go on here so um yeah it's i, I don't know if it's 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 more of a band-aid to a shotgun wound than an actual uh, remedy. Recently, the chief executives of some of America's largest companies changed their self-definition. They said companies should focus on customers, workers, and communities. That's just populist language for companies. Like, no shit, but you know at the end of the day, the bottom line is what matters, and who actually funds the bottom line, but 
customers, workers, and communities, which are basically customers and workers. Communities are customers and workers. This is just politically correct nonsense. These CEOs... Yeah, I, I agree with that statement. Yeah, I actually do. ...know that's what successful businesses already do. It's what they have to do to survive in our capitalist system. A company that... <laughs> Pander? Yeah, yeah. Have you heard of marketing? <laughs> ...cheats its customers, mistreats its workers, and abuses its community won't be around long. Profit... That's not true, because Amazon's bussing, bro. Like, Amazon is bussing hard, and they have all of those things against them. But at the same time, they do make a ton of money because of the service that they provide, and mainly because it's convenient, and not a lot of people see the actual suffering going on by its workers. But that's neither here nor there, so moving on. ...are what keep a business going and allow it to thrive. They generate the funds needed for more job creation. You don't need an advanced economics degree to understand this. So why are these CEOs so anxious to embrace this in-name-only capitalism? Probably because they think they need to placate the noisemakers on the socialist left. But that's a fool's game. The left is never satisfied. So let's... Never. As long as things are shit, never. Let's defend what works. And what works is capitalism. Eight million people dropped below the poverty line during the pandemic while billionaires and millionaire, well, mostly billionaires, made $1.9 trillion during the pandemic. I actually think it was more than that. Wasn't it like $3.5 trillion? Forty million facing eviction and eight million dropping below the poverty line. Um, but we had reported October thirtieth of twenty twenty how billionaires got six hundred thirty-seven billion dollars richer while eight million dropped below the poverty line. U.S. billionaires gained almost one trillion dollars in wealth while eight million Americans dropped below the poverty line. Net worth of U.S. billionaires has soared above one trillion dollars while 8 million Americans dropped below the poverty line. I cannot stress this enough. Well, this one says $10.2 trillion. Billionaire's wealth rises to $10.2 trillion amid COVID crisis reported from The Guardian. And let's remember, this was when 8 million people dropped below the poverty line. 40 million facing eviction. So during a crisis, capitalism is especially horrible because it, it, during a crisis, it, it only exacerbates the situation because, again, what is most important is making that bottom line go higher. Until the unforeseeable shutdown of the economy as a response to the coronavirus, it was working better than ever. Unemployment was at a 50-year low. Wages were rising at the fastest rate in a decade. More women and minorities were working than ever before. Poverty was at a record. But then during an emergency, when the nation really did come together, it got worse. All of that got worse. And the president did absolutely nothing to alleviate that. And the system allowed everyone to fall through the cracks. So during an emergency and during a crisis, capitalism is actually one of the far worse systems to have. ...low in America. Let's get back to that as quickly as possible. There's only one way to do it. Capitalism. I'm Nikki Haley for Prager University. Capitalism got us in this mess, and capitalism will get us out. And that has been Tox News for this wonderful Monday. Um, follow me on Twitter at 
Toxin Pod, T O X N P O D. Uh, watch the YouTube channels, Toxin News, uh, Writings Poor Dumb Rebellion.net. Uh, I don't know, mixtape dropping this summer. Who gives a fuck, man? YOLO, dude. Um, I don't know. Do you and stay beautiful. That's, that's, that's all I got. That's all I got. We'll be back Wednesday for another regular episode and another Militia Watch update, hopefully. Uh, so stay frosty because more talks is plenty on the way. Outro? Are you, are you gonna, are you gonna come in and get me out of here? Yeah.